This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. There's no need to figure out how to be more productive on your own. I've done the research for you. I have a free gift. My top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. All you have to do to get them is to go to top5productivitytips.com. That's the number five, top 5 productivitytips.com. Get my top five productivity tips right now. Absolutely free. Top 5 productivitytips.com. John Parker Stewart is a renowned award winning author, executive coach, and speaker who has been serving global clients for 40 years. Daniel Stewart is a sought after talent management and leadership development consultant, coach, and award winning author. I think they're father and son. I'm not sure, but John and Daniel, welcome to the show. Mark, it's great to be with you. Daniel, it's, I'm proud of you, son. Yes, I'm yes. your dad. <laughs> yes, thank you, dad. Very much so, yes. Mark, it's a privilege. Go ahead. Well, it's it's going to be interesting, uh, listener, because as you know, if you've never listened to my show, welcome. Glad you're here. If you have, you know I very, very, very rarely do more than one guest. It's not because I don't want to. It's just I haven't had the opportunity. So this is going to be interesting. We're probably going to talk over each other. There may be awkward silences because we see each other on video, but we don't know who's going to talk next. So we're just going to run with it. As you know, I don't prepare for my shows. and There's no scripted questions. We're just going to have a conversation. And I think because I'm looking at these two gentlemen, I think this is going to be a great interview. So now I didn't find out, Daniel, you're the son or the father. So I am, I, you know, I don't know if that's flattery or an insult, but thank you. Uh, so I'm the son. I'm actually the oldest of four boys. Okay. And I have the privilege of working with my dad. Yeah. So you're Daniel. So Daniel's on my left and John is on my right. Okay. I better write that down. Daniel is on the left because you know the listener, you have no idea because you're listening to an audio podcast, but I'm looking at two men. And if I call Daniel, John, John, Daniel, they're going to like, who are you talking to right now? Because you're looking at the other guy. So this is going to be a fun show. So let's start with the elder. Let's start with John. John. Tell us, I just read your introduction. Tell us a little bit more about you and what brought you to what you do in your world today. Mark, thanks. A privilege to be here. Never before in the 44 years that I've been doing this kind of thing have I seen a greater need for leadership in the world. I don't know anybody who would disagree with that. There are so many challenges, so many disturbing things happening. <clears throat> Pardon me, whether it's social, whether it's political, whether it's governmental, whether it's international, domestic, whatever it might be. I was fascinated when I was a young boy with the election, this will reveal my age here, between with John Kennedy and watching his style. As, as a young student, I started being enamored with leadership and what works and what doesn't, how we are able to encourage and motivate people to follow a certain idea to accomplish a certain task. This then followed my graduate work into starting out with a certain organization, a Fortune 50 company, where I headed up all their leadership development, taught their executive institutes. From that point forward, I've been fascinated, and my sons grew up in the household where what works, what doesn't. And to me, that is so applicable today in 2021 as we're getting ready for another year of where can we get the leaders that we need within business, within government, within society? whatever it might be. And that's what has intrigued us. Thus has led us to a lot of research, working with individuals throughout all kinds of organizations. Dan, do you want to add to that? Sure. You know, what, what I can add is I've grown up with this stuff. So here's my dad loving and diving into leadership 
And so, you know, if he was an engineer, I'm sure over the dinner table, we would have talked about like thermodynamics for building bridges. But no, over the dinner table growing up, we would talk about leadership and how people can communicate better and build better teams and be able to lead with a heart and not just with a head. And so that passion is really built within me as I've led my career. And for the past seven, eight years, I had the chance to work with my dad and lots of other our great consultants. You know, John talked about leadership in our world today, and this is not a political podcast. We're not going to go down that road because, number one, I don't know your political affiliations, and I don't want an angry guest or two on my show. But I think that the lack of leadership in our country starts from the El Presidente all the way down to the janitor, the school, the the mom. I think I, I agree with you 100%, John. We do have a leadership problem. And what I'd like to ask you about right now is a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm a solopreneur. Okay, I, I, which means I have my own business. I have no employees. Maybe I have a VA, but I'm not a leader. But I really believe that everyone's a salesperson and everyone's a leader. Am I right or wrong on that, John? Oh, you're spot on. It goes back. It, it does not necessarily mean to be a leader. We need to have a whole team that we're guiding in some organization. We can be an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, a sole proprietor, whatever it is. Daniel touched on a couple of key elements communication, persuasion, conviction, purpose. It it goes back to the notion of what can we influence and what can't we? And often we underestimate our own influence. And and again, we think we have to have a title, a PhD, a, a lot of a big bio behind us. Not at all. You mentioned, Mark, a minute ago, whether it's the CEO, whether it's the president, whether it's a janitor, a single mom, that mom raising those kids has a huge amount of influence. Mm. And those kids are going to grow up depending upon the values that she instills in them. Values to us make up leadership. What do you gather? Do you share with people? Do you live? Do you exemplify in your behaviors, your actions, your attitudes that people want to follow? Those came from somewhere. And most cases, those come from a home from a parent, a grandpa, a grandma, an uncle who has influence over you. In many cases, it might be a fine teacher, might be a great coach that sets the values in those early, early years that form an individual and then puts into that individual the notion of, I want to see some change. How can I do that? Well, you may not be a general, you may not have a fat title or a huge chauffeured car, but you sure do have influence. And we often overlook or underestimate what that influence is. Daniel? Yeah, I, I want to just build on that. This notion of belief. What do we believe? And do we believe that we can make a difference? We often will use the metaphor that we are on stage. And sometimes we forget that we're on stage. And I I often think how surprised we're going to be at some point in the future when we reflect back on all of the great impressions and positive hopefully positive, examples that we've set that others can call out and say, you know what, when you taught me this, when you showed me this, when you spoke this way to me, it left a mark. Uh, there's a great quote by Mother Teresa who says, uh, it's, it's not just somebody who gives you the rose, but rather it's the lingering scent that remains on your hand as you have given that to somebody else. And so it's that lingering scent that as you then do something for others, it impacts you as well. So it goes both ways, but it's believing 
that you can make that difference, which is such a key factor of being able to be a leader in any realm. Let's talk about self-leadership, because I really believe that if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead one other person, you can't lead a team, you can't lead a company, you can't lead a sports team. You've got to be able to lead yourself. John, do you agree with that? Yes, I do. In fact, it it might be appropriate, Mark, Daniel, just to share the five steps of sustained personal change. That applies to self-leadership. It applies to team leadership. applies to an 18-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 42-year-old wanting to stop smoking, uh, lose weight, gain better uh, physical shape, get along better in a relationship, whether it's a boss, whether it's a parent, whether it's a teacher or a coach. Step number one, and I've been sharing this with groups for four decades, and it, it seems to resonate and people pick up on it no matter where they might be in their life. Number one is awareness. It means new data. It's it's a, a fist to the forehead kind of, oh my gosh, why didn't you tell me this? Uh, they've been changing or doing something differently. What is that new data? Following number one, awareness. Number two is desire. You care about the new data. Desire to do something with step number one, the new awareness. If there's no desire and somebody tells gives you some feedback, there's no change. Change will stop right there. If you want to, you can move to step three, which is skills and resources. Not new skills, new resources, just skills and resources. You want to stop smoking, okay? Did you know that we have nicotine patches? We have nicotine gum. We have support groups. We have these resources. No, I didn't realize that. Okay, it makes a big difference. Step four, this is where the rubber meets the road, action. Okay, you've got the new data, awareness. You care about it, desire. You've got skills and resources you throw into the mix. Now, rubber meets the road, action. What is the action plan you want to do? Now, when I'm sharing this with a group of 5,000 executives in some Miami ballroom, and I want to just go over the five steps of sustained personal change, I play with the group intentionally because I want to let them know change has a bad rap. People are cynical, skeptical about change. They'll kind of whisper, yeah, just nod your head and go along with it. This is his flavor of the month. Or, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll pass. Just, just go along with it. The reason change has such a bad reputation is because we skip the fifth step. And that is absolutely crucial. You've got the data. You care about it. You get some skills and resources. You put it into action. And then we kind of trickle out. I will then draw a line across my big screen that I'm speaking to after step four and say, it has to go beyond step four, and it usually stops there. You break through that barrier after step four into step five, which is merely support. If we can bring somebody into our team to help us sustain our drive, our motivation, our commitment to whatever the change is, a simple concept called support, it'll make all the difference in the world. So now, Mark, back to your question. If somebody is aware from a boss, from a coach, from a teacher, from a parent, whatever it is, you need help in listening, you need to be stronger in building a team, your strategic skills are weak, your innovation skills need to be updated, how do we do that? You go through those first four steps, you do some skills and resources, which we've provided for years, along with a lot of our colleagues in this industry, you make an action plan, but you provide support. If I want to lose 12 pounds permanent weight loss by Christmas of 2022, and I don't have somebody with me who's going to weigh me every Saturday morning and abuse me horribly, say, John, you're weak. You shouldn't have had that cream puff. You shouldn't have that extra donut. If I know that he's going to do that, I'm not going to take that extra cream puff or donut. But if nobody is in there, who knows? I can take it and sneak it. And the weight goes up. That's a very simple concept. 
about how we can go through those five steps and sustain the change, thus improving our leadership toolkit. Daniel, do you want to add to that? Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. Yeah, I'll just build on the support. What we find is there are two different kinds of support. One is the one-to-one. It's the personal. Somebody there that trusts you, loves you, knows when to give you a hug or a kick as needed. And whether that's a a trusted mentor, friend, spouse, whoever it is. The second, though, is the organizational support. The processes, the organizational culture, the systems around you. That matters incredibly well because I'm so convinced that you take somebody who makes good decisions and put them in a bad environment, and they will start making bad decisions. It matters the environment that that you set, and oftentimes building on that is, is using the term psychological safety. How are we able to create an environment where we and our members of our team, others in our company, others in our family, others in our community, are able to be and express themselves in helpful ways, and not just willy-nilly, but aligned to the purpose of what we're trying to accomplish, but they can bring them their best self each day uh, to, to the organization. I want to go back to a word that uh, John used, and that was commitment. And I believe that if you are not truly committed, not in your head, I mean, you got to be committed in, committed in your head, but you've got to be committed. For So for example, I want to learn sales. And I, I'm actually aggressively learning sales at this moment in time in November 2021 when we're doing this podcast. And well, I could go to a free webinar. And I'm not really committed on that, right? I could something else come up, maybe a ball game. Okay, well, you know, I'm gonna go buy a book. Well, twenty dollars, I'm a little bit more committed. Or I can study under a master. Like I am for the next year going all in studying under Grant Cardone, one of the best salespeople out there, a significant investment. Now I'm really committed. I've not only dedicated my time, but I spend a lot of money to learn. So I think if you really want to be a good leader, if you want to be the best version of yourself, you really have to be committed and you got to spend your time and your money because just thinking you're committed is not enough. You got to put that, our, our pastor likes to say, put your stake in the ground and you got to put it with rebar and concrete and really say, I'm going all in. And if you go to a free webinar, I don't think you're nearly as committed as when you spend thousands of dollars for training. John, what do you think about that? Growing up in Colorado, we had a lot of snow. There was a model car that I had my eye on down at the hobby shop. Dad, please, please, it's $2.95. Please, kind of. Johnny, you shovel the snow all this January without my asking you, and you'll earn that car. Now, I did it. I did it. You don't think that car never even left its box? I treasured that car. But if he'd have given it to me upon the first request, eh, to your point, Mark, what you put in to something is what you're, how much you're going to value and, and commit yourself to the end result. People often want to do this, but are they willing to pay the price? You're willing to pay the price to improve your sales capability. 
anybody wants to do. People all over the world have goals, have dreams, want to do certain things. Mm -hmm. Are they willing to pay the price? We find that the real answer is help them understand what the end result is going to be, how it's going to impact their life, how it's going to satisfy them in terms of meeting their dreams, whatever it might be. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. Thus, the five steps. The fifth step support will be your support person, husband, wife, partner, buddy, colleague, beer drinking pal, whatever it might be, who helps you stay the line, stay committed by supporting and reminding you of what it is, your payment, that price is going to give you. Daniel, thoughts on commitment? Yeah, I love it. I was just reading an article about Tom Brady. And the author was trying to figure out what makes him so good. And a couple of things in the article that stood out. One was there was an example that was shared a few years ago that Tom was at some sort of golf outing and Charles Barkley was there. And Charles Bar and this was like in March. And Charles sees Tom Brady running wind sprints out in the parking lot. And Charles is like, Tom, what the heck are you doing? And, he, and Tom's like, dude, I am working so that I can win a Super Bowl this year. And Charles, of course, is like, you knucklehead, what are you doing? What are you talking about? But this is, and then, and then Tom builds on this in this article as he's quoted saying, it's these simple routines. It's the simple habits. And that is what often separates him from others. Not so much the habits themselves, but that he's able to stick with them. And so ultimately, it's this sense of discipline. You know, Mark, you were talking about learning sales. I love it. That's where I spend a lot of my time as well, trying to understand that. And it's understanding not just what to do, but what to keep doing, mm -hmm. what to keep doing, and where to have that level of commitment. So just these four personal steps of to change without that additional support and discipline. And that's where you often need somebody else to be able to kind of poke you and love you and hit you and hug you at the same time to be able to keep you. So it's that sense of discipline. Mark, can I add to that? Absolutely. Daniel was talking about simple. We human beings seem to resonate around simple far more than difficult. I, I, I share this with groups all the time. There is a, a, a fun story, the, the trivia. The first A&W root beer stand franchise East of the Rocky Mountains was owned and run by J. Willard Marriott and his wife, Alice. Wow. Now, he is no longer on the planet. This was in the early 50s. They went to, he was going to grad school at George Washington University, I believe. They were in Washington, D.C. They set up a nine-stool root beer stand to sell A&W root beer. <laughs> and then along comes the summer in Washington, D.C. is over. Winter comes. They add chili. They add all kinds of things to the menu. Then they have a little motor in behind it. It was called the Hot Shop. This covered the D.C. area for a couple of decades. Long story short, the single biggest hotel industry in the world now, Marriott. Mm. You know, it's interesting. If we look at... If, if we look at his philosophy of leadership, it comes down to this phrase. And this is the point I wanted to add to what Daniel said. You cannot improve a thousand percent in one thing, but you can improve one percent in a thousand things. It's these little one percent incremental improvements that Daniel alluded to by his use of the word simple. Anything that we as leaders, potential leaders, professionals, parents, students, whatever it may be, want to improve upon because we have a commitment to a goal, don't make it difficult. You can't do something overnight. Just little one percenters 
that you can begin to figure out in your life little incremental things that are doable. What a difference that makes. I've got a saying that I tell my productivity clients, complexity is the gateway to procrastination. And so you got to make things as simple as possible. Like I said, don't go for 100%, go for 1%, okay? So for example, I'm going to Grant Cardone's Cardone University. He doesn't have seven-hour videos. He's got five to 12-minute videos. Why? You watch it and you're like, oh, I can knock, I'll knock out another one, but they're bite sized. I think people are, they're like, okay, let me, I want a thousand page book. Now, how about having a short page book? One of my favorite authors is James Patterson. Why? His chapters are a page to two pages long. If I look at a book and it's like each chapter is like 400 pages long, I'm being, you know, hyperbole here, but it's like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of content. And so I'm agreeing with you, both of you gentlemen. I think we need to boil things down as simple as possible. Even the most complex topic, you can break down any topic to a simple form. So people go, oh, Mark's got a 12 step process to be more productive, but I don't need to know the whole process now. I just need to understand step one. And I think if we embrace simplicity instead of complexity, I think we're going to be much better in the long run. And to build on that, Mark, so often as we work with lots of different leaders, it's trying to help people learn as they do. Mm. We just have this strong belief and bias for action. And it's not just something to sit back and read and read and read. No, you pick something and go do it. And we're, we're so convinced that it's in the doing that we will gain and learn so much. And after that doing, and even during it, it will raise us to a different level of understanding that we were not at before. Mm. And that will enable us to then better understand what is that next step. But it's this bias for action as we learn, as we develop and challenge ourselves, which is so key. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. Yeah, the old adage, a thousand mile journey begins with the first step. For years, I always wanted to write a book. And I know a lot of your listeners, Mark, probably have this dream as well. But I had this notion of it has to be perfect. I have to be this management Einstein, this brilliant leader to write anything down. Heavens no. Now I realize, but why did I put that off for decades, literally? And my sweetheart, Deborah, of 40, uh, 47 years of marriage now, would always say, John, just begin. Just what is the first thing you want to write about? And I, I realized I wasn't a Shakespeare. I couldn't do all these wonderful prose, but I could put down what are the key elements of decision-making? What are the key elements of delegating? What are the key elements of building a team? Just put those bullets and then start to fill in a little sentence or two under each bullet. And it started. Daniel, we've got what, five books behind us now? It's just amazing. Now, And anybody can do this if you don't stop yourself. We often are our own worst enemy. Yes. We condemn ourselves before we even start saying, who am I? I don't have the credentials. The self-talk is so negative. Yes. But all I did was just start, and I got encouragement from my sons, from my wife, from clients. John, you've been teaching this stuff globally for decades. Put it down on paper. 
You're sick of traveling all these places. And I was, you know, those airplane rides from LA to Melbourne, that's 14 (laughs) hours to Hong Kong. How many of those can you do? But writing them down because I started realizing I don't have to be an Einstein. You can just write these thoughts down. And then it took a while, but the first step, and I was on my way. You know, as long as I had encouragement, you, we're human. You know, I'll say that uh, one of the signs I have all over my house, because I work out of my house, is a sign I got from Grant Cardone. And it says, no negativity allowed here. And that's a constant reminder. I've got the wristband, no negativity, because negativity is not going to get you where you want to go. But you also talked about perfection, John. And here's my thought on perfection. A lot of people... You're exactly right. Want to write a book. They want to start a YouTube channel. They want to start a podcast. They want to be a keynote speaker and they keep the thoughts up in their head. Well, here's the thing. There is nobody perfect on this planet. Okay. The guy was perfect. He no longer lives here anymore. Okay. He's up in heaven with his father. So there is nobody perfect. So if you post something on social media and I've done this, you post a story, you post a, you know, a reel or whatever. And you're like, I spelled there wrong. Most people aren't going to care. You're going to get those people like, oh my gosh, you used the wrong there. But you're probably not even paying attention. You did the video and uploaded it. We think, and I think you said this, John, we think people care more about us than they do. They're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about what they look and what they're going to post. So I think we need to get out of this, of this fear of being, oh my gosh, it's not perfect. Look it. There is no perfection in this world, but if you do it, By default, if you write a book, you're by default better than people who haven't written a book. If you start a podcast, you are my podcast is better than anyone else has never started a podcast. We've got to get out from perfection because expectation of perfection is paralyzing us. So we'll start with John. John, you comment and we'll go to Daniel. Oh, Mark, I got a hugged it through cyberspace when you said my podcast is better than anybody who hasn't ever done a podcast. That's right. And we forget that kind of thing. We compare ourselves to those people who are heroes, who are out there in social media and we'll never be able to touch them. Hey, they started out. They had a story. They had certain breaks. There's one a definition of luck that all of you have heard of that's in one of our books. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. How often does opportunity come our way and we aren't prepared? Mm. I don't believe we should ever shut doors. Just always keep improving, keep learning. There's another phrase that we love. When you're green, you grow. When you're ripe, you rot. That's a little harsh, but we want to be green. What is our attitude toward learning, toward reading, toward improving, toward asking for feedback, toward seeking support from somebody that we feel comfortable with, that they can kick us along, as Daniel said, you know, hug us at times and kick us at times so that we know we can keep going. That's all the difference. Yeah, we're often asked, what is the single, single skill that a great leader needs to have? And oftentimes we will boil it down to one word, learn. The ability to learn. And in order to learn, that means you need to be able to take risks and make mistakes and feel uncomfortable. And in fact, we often will look at learning in two ways. One is the kind of the fun, oh, interesting pieces of information. Oh, I didn't know how many, you know, how much rain got the, when in the Amazon forest, you know, interesting pits of, uh, trivia. But the second part is the deeper kind of learning, and that's the application. And you know when you've gotten to that point because you feel uncomfortable. And there's that level of discomfort that kind of is like, I, I know what I need to do, but now I'm applying it. 
That is where the learning comes. And frankly, oftentimes we'll share also one of the great quotes of, you cannot steal second base if you keep your foot on first. Mm. And sometimes we try to do both. We keep that one foot on first and ouch, that's a stretch as we're trying to steal second. <laughs> oh, baby. But we've got to let go and take risk. And whether you're in a larger organization or just a single person trying to figure out what's next, you make calculated smart risks. But remember, you're not alone. That's where the support thing is. Bounce off ideas with really great advisors and, and other friends and people who can value what you're bringing to the table. And then you take one step, one step, and you learn, you pause, you reflect, and then you adjust and take a second. And that's what you keep on going for. I love how Jim Rohn said, poor people have big TVs, wealthy people have big libraries. So I am an avid reader of print books. And if you are listening to this podcast and you're a book smeller, hit me up on social media. Do you smell your books? Because I love smelling books. I don't know if y'all are book smellers. I love smelling books. And you know, the title, I'm not going to call this, this is not going to be the title of the episode, but when you're green, you grow, when you're ripe, you rot. I, If I had that as the title of the episode, it's kind of long. People would stop for just a second. So as we come to the end of our time together, I want to give both of you gentlemen a an opportunity to give us some final thoughts about anything we talked about, anything that you didn't get a chance to share about on the show. I just want to make sure that you leave here happy with the value you dropped on us. And then when we're all done with this question between you two, I'll ask you where we can go to find out more about you. But John, we'll start with you. Anything you want to leave with the listener to make sure they walk away and they have, the, I mean, you gave us the five steps. Those are tremendous. Anything else you want to share with us today? Yeah, Mark, everyone in the human race has this tendency. Whenever we try anything and it's over, we feel that we either succeeded and did well, or we failed and did poorly. If we can overcome the emotional hit and stop beating ourselves up and whipping ourselves for the undesirable event, we as humans, research has indicated thoroughly, can learn more from the disappointment than we can from the success. Mm. Success lasts, we drink the champagne, we put the trophy on the shelf, whatever it might be, but we can learn more from those failures than anything that could be considered successful, if we will. Those are learning opportunities for us. And we say to ourselves as this thought, when was the last time I failed? And if you don't have a resounding number on both hands and both feet, <laughs> you must ask yourselves, then am I not trying? Because the more we try, the more we're going to fail. And this applies to any aspect of our lives. If you're trying, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to try again. Occasionally, we'll succeed. But I almost worry about successes that come too easily and too early. That's going to stop us or get us down the wrong track because life is going to continuously throw challenges at us. The final thought is everybody that we look in society that we admire, they have their own struggles as well. They just may not be publicized like we publish our, our own headlines in our own head mm -hmm. each day. Avoid the negative as you're talking about. Publish your own headlines in your own mind each day. Those are the headlines you want to celebrate and read and rehearse over and over again. Daniel, Daniel. before we get to you real quick, I want to uh, point out something you talked about failure, John, is I've heard there's a growing trend in the corporate world that people are not so excited about hiring MBAs. They want people who have failed and recovered from a failure. So 
I thought that was kind of interesting. I've read Apple doesn't do it. Microsoft, a lot of big companies. They want to know, yeah, you got an MBA. That's nice. Tell us when you failed. What did you do about it and how'd you overcome it? So I just, I just want to interject that. So Daniel, uh, John, you can, you can time on that in just a second, but I want to make sure Daniel gets a chance to give us his final thoughts as well. I love it. Absolutely. I, I just want to emphasize that we all leave awake. Mm. We all leave awake wherever we go. And so it does not matter. Well, it matters what we do. It also matters how we do it because we leave that impression, that example, wherever we go. And we have choices every day as to what kind of impression, wake, we leave. And we can choose that. Are we setting an example that fosters and encourages learning and a positive viewpoint? Or are we setting an example that fosters competition and making sure that if I win, you lose? That is not often a helpful way of building strong relationships because we cannot do it alone. We need those relationships. We need to build the, that sense of love and care for other humans. It matters how we do things and how we build the kind of wake and influence that we have as we seek to be great leaders. Awesome. John, did you want to comment on my uh, failure in MBA? Yeah, you, you, you said it well. So did Daniel. It comes down to a single term, resilience. Mm. How resilient are we? My old football coach would say, when you're knocked down, get back up. And that is a metaphor for life. How resilient are we? Sometimes we bag it, we beat ourselves up and go off into a hole and think, oh, woe is me. And then our influence is over. We've given up. No, no, no. We're no different than anybody else. Just can we then get back up and keep trying? So where can we go to find out more about what y'all are doing in the world? I mean, I know people are, have listened to this uh, this conversation and they're going, you know, this is great. Uh, where can I find out more about them? So, John, where can we go? Oh, Daniel, you let, let him know. Oh, sure, sure. So check us out. StuartLeadership.com <clears throat> is the best place to find out more about us, uh, especially around a new book we've just published, our second edition of Lead Now which is exactly the kind of book that people need to, to do and not just read. It's meant to be used to help leaders. So check us out, strutleadership.com or lead now on Amazon, everywhere, wherever books are sold. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you both for being on the show today. I, I think we did pretty good with the three of us in the room together. Uh, we didn't talk over <laughs> well each other too much. And I, I just think it was great. So John, thank you. Daniel, thank you so much for being here today. A pleasure. Absolutely. Mark. Thanks, Mark. I am so thankful that you listened to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. You are why I do the show. And I know you have a quadrillion different options that you could have spent your time with today, but you chose this episode. And I want to honor you. I want to thank you because you really do make me want to do this show as often as I do it. I have a free gift for you. My top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. All you have to do to get it is go to top five productivity tips.com top five productivity tips.com. Pick up my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs today. It's my gift to you and until we meet again next time, my friend, thank you again for your time and attention. Now take what you learned on the show and go apply it to your life.